G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hello, it's Neil Johnson. Welcome to today's 2020 podcast on the Vision Radio Network. You can hear 2020 weekdays on Vision from 10am Australian Eastern Standard Time. We're back today talking about the persecution of Christians in the Middle East and with a focus today talking about Syria and Iran. What you may not be aware of is the impact of Iran and what is known as the Shiite Crescent. Elizabeth Kendall is a religious liberty analyst and she's back with us today to talk about the Shiite Crescent and how it affects the conflict that's causing so much heartbreak in Syria. Elizabeth, welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Elizabeth, when we look at Syria, it's all very complex, very multifaceted and difficult to understand. And now to talk about the influence of Iran and what's called the Shiite Crescent, I wonder whether you can explain to us what the Shiite Crescent is. Yes, well, I think essentially the Syria conflict is all about the Shiite Crescent. Uh, The Shiite Crescent is that region where it's really a political uh, um, axis from Iran uh, through Iraq. Now that Iraq is uh, Shiite-dominated and uh, politically tied to Iraq, so Iraq and Iran, and then Syria, and then Lebanon, the Shiite uh, north, particularly uh, the Shiite regions of Lebanon. So that has it was the uh, King of Jordan who actually raised the alarm some years ago uh, with the ascendancy of Iran when uh, Iraq came into the Iranian sphere of influence and he warned that there was a danger of a Shiite crescent forming. And that has definitely uh, formed. Now, the thing that has really riled the Sunni Arabs is that Syria is a Sunni Arab state. And here it is uh, on this, this axis, this Iranian Hezbollah Shiite axis. And the reason Syria is in that axis is because it's ruled by a very vulnerable, persecuted minority group called known as the Alawites. And, this, and a Syrian politician in Lebanon one day in the 1970s realized that if the Shiites would just recognize the Alawites as Shiites and place them under the protection of Iran and Hezbollah, then the, uh, the regime in Syria would be, would be secure would have protection and the Shiites in Lebanon and Iran and Iraq would have uh, this land bridge that would complete the crescent, so to speak. So it's been a, it was a win-win for the Iranians and Hezbollah and the Shiites and a win-win for the, for the Alawites. It got them protection that they, that they would not have had otherwise. And what's happening now is that the, the Sunni Arabs are wanting to have seen an opportunity to remove Syria out of that Shiite crescent. But it's all falling apart on them, and it's very interesting. What's happening these days, now that America has realized that Syria is becoming a hotbed of al-Qaeda jihad training 
and uh, a base of jihad, uh, al-Qaeda terrorism, America is uh, very quietly and gently and tentatively switching its allegiance. And instead of backing Saudi Arabia and the Sunni Arabs in their uh, arming and funding of the jihadis in Syria, uh, um, America is now talking to Iran and they're seeking rapprochement with Iran because Iran is the only force in the region that is strong enough to actually take on these jihadis and keep them uh, hamstrung to a degree and, and limited. So in exactly the same way that, uh, that uh, the war in Iraq culminated in America being dependent on Iran for security in Iraq, we're going to find that the, the America's uh, involvement in Syria will have led to America again becoming dependent on Iran to keep the jihadis intact. And this is leaving the Saudis very vulnerable and very agitated because we're seeing a further, further ascendancy and empowering of Iran, which of course also makes Israel very nervous. And I really believe that we need to be praying that God does something miraculous and wonderful in Iran to bring about change in that country. Because in all of the complexity, what you're saying is it doesn't matter what happens in Syria, whether it's good or bad, uh, really it all is bad uh, if yeah. there is a, a crescent that's all in alignment. And uh, for people in Israel, uh, they're the ones who are likely to bear the brunt of any uh, outfall. Well, that's right. You see, the thing is, and I, I mentioned this recently in one of my prayer bulletins, you've sort of got... You've got two axes and neither of them are good. You've got the Saudi uh, axis, led axis, which you know promotes its Wahhabist ideology, which is anti-Semitic and intolerant and anti-Christian and sponsors jihad everywhere. And on the other hand, you've got the Iranian axis, which at this time in history is also anti-Semitic and revolutionary and anti-Christian, but it hasn't always been that way. You know, Iran used to be an ally of Israel. Uh, people forget this. It used to be friendly with the West. It used to be an essentially a very westernized sort of country. You go onto the Internet, you look for images of uh, Tehran in the 1960s, and you'll think you're looking at pictures of Paris. It's quite a different culture. Uh, and it's really been taken captive by this uh, revolutionary uh, Shiism of the Ayatollahs. And um, it's at, at the way things are at the moment is that Iran is just as dangerous as Saudi Arabia. The only difference is at the moment Saudi Arabia has a peace treaty with Israel that doesn't want to fight. But the Iranians are belligerent and uh you know, they are, uh, pro uh, they are the threat. But as I said, it hasn't always been this way. And if Iran is going to be further uh, empowered and enabled to ascend further because of the way things are turning out in Syria, I really believe we need to be praying that if there's going to be a breakthrough in Iran, uh, a breakthrough with the gospel, then oh, please, God, hasten it because um, we don't want to see uh, the, the conflict spreading uh, right through into Israel and, uh, and really exploding into massive sectarian violence. It would be just absolutely horrible. 
Uh, amazing sometimes the way we are led to pray for nations like Iran because there is a sense, isn't there, that most of our prayers focus on the grassroots, on individuals coming to faith in Jesus Christ, of those yes. who are turning away from uh, other religions and turning to Christ. But but when it comes to prayer, uh, the way that the whole regime is affected could uh, could accelerate that opportunity for the Christian gospel to bring transformation in people's lives and then transformation of a nation, transformation of a whole region. Uh, that, I guess, is is one way to look at it. Yes, I've got a little card here on my desk. It's a card that my mother bought me for my birthday when I was about 18, and I kept the front of it ever since. And it says on the front, it's got a beautiful scene of the Swiss Alps, and it says... May the omnipotence of God be the measure of our expectation. And, you know, we have to pray that way. We have to think, well, boy, you know, Iran completely transforming in a short space of time. That's sort of sort of beyond what I can imagine. But, you know, it happens. And, and God can do it. Only God can do it. And the fact of the matter is God is doing something amazing now, right now, with the Iranian people. And people, uh, Iranians are leaving Islam uh, in unprecedented numbers. They are even turning to Christ in unprecedented numbers, and particularly in the diaspora. So uh, Iranians who have you know, left Iran and they've gone to America and Europe and Australia, they are abandoning Islam in unprecedented numbers. There are massive Iranian churches being established in the U.S., in Melbourne here, uh, only, a, only a month ago, during um, October, uh, there was a conference for leaders in the Iranian church in Australia. It was a Farsi language conference at Melbourne School of Theology for Farsi-speaking Iranian converts from Islam who, who were leading uh, congregations that are developing here in Australia. Guess how many turned up? 150. 150. And, you know, you go on the internet and um, you have a look for something like uh, Google Farsi worship or Persian worship on YouTube and you will discover that there is a whole industry has developed around this, this, this thing of Farsi worship. There are songs, there are albums, because it's just so huge. Um, God is at work. And I think that so many Iranians have just got to the end of their tether and uh, this, the, the repression that is on them at the moment does not suit who they are as a people. And uh, I think God is beginning a work of, of, uh, of awakening and transformation. I believe that Iran one day is going to be as significant for the gospel as China is going to be. It's a fascinating nation with a long history uh, because of the way it has expanded in the past because of its geography and its linguistics and its linguistic expansion. If, I, if Iran truly transforms, it will be something that is truly phenomenal for the gospel. And I, I really believe that Iran will lead the Muslim world uh, in pointing to Christ, Muslims to Christ in the future. But with the, the, the way things are today with this regime being so belligerent, particularly towards Israel, and so uh, belligerent you know, in the Middle East, I think we need to pray that God will hasten that day, uh, hasten that day uh, before there is massive bloodshed. 
And, of course, things can look so bleak, but we can't discount that the hand of God is at work. His will is being done. He is drawing people to himself. And uh, the way we pray is for a great awakening in those Islamic nations. Uh, Elizabeth, I'll point people to, uh, there's a number of uh, websites. If people were to Google uh, Elizabeth Kendall, they'd find your Religious Liberty Prayer Bulletin or your blog spot or uh, even a website there that's all about your book, Turn Back the Battle. Uh, There's also a link on our website on the 2020 page at vision.org.au. Elizabeth Kendall, always great talking, and thanks so much for sharing these things with us today on 2020. Thanks for the opportunity, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.